fourth episode of Dad Discovers Music. I'm Maeve. And I'm Dad. Nice. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about Every Bag by Porridge Radio today. So far, it is my favorite record to come out in 2020. Um, they're a post-punk band based in Brighton. Um, a lot of the quotes that I have uh, about the songs are from Dana Margolin, who does vocals, guitars, and a lot of the songwriting. But Georgie Stott, Maddie Ryle, and Sam Yardley are the other members of the group. Uh, I love this record. I have literally no idea what you think about it. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure I know what I think about it. I, I'm hoping it will come to me by the mm-hmm. end of this podcast. So I'm including our discussion in my deliberations, I think. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to try to keep this quick because I have Meg Means Fest to get to. Okay. Very important. <laughs> All right. The first song we're going to talk about is Born Confused. For me, this is the biggest banger on the album. Like I hear it and I just like I get amped up. It it really it really gets me going. It's an awesome song. It's great to sing along to, to shout along to. It's super catchy in my opinion. Um, and it has a technique that I love that Margolin does where similar to Mitski, but in a more rock-ish way, she takes one phrase and she re- she repeats it until it almost doesn't sound like real words anymore, but she keeps doing these little different intonations. Um, this especially happens in the outro, and this is the first outro that includes this technique. What do you think about Born Confused? Yeah, I, as soon as I heard this song, I mean, I, I like I liked Born Confused. Mm-hmm. It was um, hard and gritty, yeah. and by the end of it, sort of strangled. Yeah. Um, and and that's I guess trying to describe her vocals on yeah. that. Thank you for making me happy, which starts out <laughs> starts out very sweet and yeah. ends up decidedly not. Um, yeah, I I I couldn't help but wonder when I heard this first this song first that you were somehow hearing me talk about Mitski in the last episode <laughs> yeah. and her repetition is like, ha, Dad, you think that's repetition? <laughs> you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> you ain't heard nothing. Uh, so I don't know. I yeah, it was it was hypnotic. So she, but she doesn't try to do exactly what Mitski does, which it's she does. It's a different does. genre, you know? Yeah, it's a different genre. It's a different she type of vocal performance. Frequently takes it. She does do different melodies with the same words. And in this case, she just literally, it sounds like she's strangling her yeah. vocal cords at yeah. the end. And it's really affecting and powerful. Yeah, so visceral. More visceral. Whereas I think the previous repetitions on Mitski's album tended to be a little bit... Controlled. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Controlled. She was being the cowboy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and this song does a really cool transition into Sweet. Sweet was the first song off this record that I heard, and I immediately heard like kind of a PJ Harvey vibe that really got me into it. Mm. Um, I was reading about her influences, and Margolin said that she was listening to Lord's Melodrama when she wrote this. Okay. And that Loveless was the song that inspired it, which totally left field, but like upon re-listen, I could hear it. I love the kind of deft, quiet plucking. It's sort of uneasy contrasted with that like vicious thrashing guitar it reminds me of waves crashing and i think that's a type of imagery we see a lot throughout this album uh and uh so yeah i think you're you what i was struck by was the dialogue between Mm -hmm. her lyrics and the guitar yeah going back and forth yeah it's a conversation yeah it is and and you mentioned pj harvey what years would pj harvey around oh god this kind of made me think of like dry era pj harvey which was like early 90s okay Um, because when I heard this song, and, and obviously this is way before mm-hmm. you were born, yeah. I was taken back to early 80s. Okay. And I felt strong, sort of early, early, early punk vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know why, but that's how it felt. Um, this is one of this is the single off of the album. Is that right? It's they they released like five singles. Okay. They went crazy with their singles, but this was a single. Right. Is that surprising knowledge? Yeah, it's not what I would have picked mm-hmm. first as a single. Yeah. I think so. Uh, but knowing that they released a lot, maybe it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how exactly to express this, but as I was re-listening, something about the phrasing of this song reminds me of the tone of Fleabag. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this this band could be the soundtrack to Fleabag. Totally, yeah. Actually, everything on this album could yeah. be. Yeah, like the I'm charming, I am. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's very that <laughs> it's very that and since you mentioned it with your fake british accent yeah. i will say like something that i found interesting listening to and and maybe hit me at the right moment mm-hmm. was this i, I kind of feel like the words whiny but it's not whiny yeah. british kind of yeah sense to the song it, yeah. it somehow took me back to the smiths it is not as poppy as the smiths no at all that's mm-hmm. way poppier it's a lot um, more experimental than the smiths a lot more experimental the smiths were never really like aside from a few songs they didn't yeah. really get that experimental uh but that sort of drama i can't describe it the the mm-hmm. drama in the voice yeah to this i think they're from brighton this yeah. brighton accent is really compelling mm-hmm. and also uh, you know, just put me right yeah. back in ni- early 1982 Toby listening to yeah. his cool alternative music. So, And it reminded me of 2015 Maeve listening to her cool Courtney Barnett music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that was the year Sometimes I Sit and Think came out, and it was kind of my first introduction to this type of music. And then later I would learn, like, Slater Kidney, PJ Harvey. But I feel like if I heard this in 2015, it would be, like, revolutionary for me. Yeah. Next, we wanted to talk about Nephews. This is such a brooding, kind of angsty, dark, deep song. It also has the waves motif with the drums kind of coming in like crashing waves. And parts of it almost feel like a, a very angsty, like sea shanty. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Arg, it's an angsty sea shanty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> And I love the outro. Again, it's a repetition of, oh, we love each other so, with different meanings given by the phrasing and intonation. How do you feel about Nephews? I didn't catch any of that. In fact, the only thing I wrote was, why do you like this, Maeve? So I'm really glad you explained that. And everything you said makes sense. It didn't didn't register with me. Yeah, I was really surprised this, you chose it yeah. to talk about, to be it honest. It has like this driving, epic, almost like ballad-like guitar. It is decidedly not a ballad, but it, it gives that that kind of driving guitar sound um, that really excites me. Speaking of ballads... <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about pop songs? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a funny conceit that the yeah. title of this song is called Pop Song. Yeah. Yeah, this is about as unpop as it gets. Um, uh, it's kind of got its comforting guitar with yeah. its very uncomforting lyrics, like mm-hmm. "Take me back to bed and shoot me in the head." <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so Margolin said I set out to write a pop song, and I think it's funny because it's not the pop song I was trying to write, but I really love it. And I feel like it was a song that was kind of taught me a lot about patience and writing. I really enjoy how slow and careful it is. It feels like quite a gentle moment in the album. Um, yeah, it does. It's and a bit of a respite from the intensity, yeah. but then there's still that part where she goes like, and where was home to you? You know, and like it, <laughs> yeah. it all kind of explodes. It's so primal. 
she uses like a call and response technique. I think it's with herself, but I could be wrong. I, this happened a few times. And yeah, I and I could tell, not tell if it was with herself or another bandmate. In several songs, I couldn't tell if she was taking on the character of another person, yeah. like Mitski does, yeah. or if she was herself talking yeah. to herself yeah. or talking to another person. Yeah. It was very confusing. So mm-hmm. uh, I can only assume that that's intentional and one, she yeah. wants to leave us mm-hmm. with that ununderstanding, if yeah. you will. And the outro to this one is, and please make me feel safe, which it feels so earnest and the way she warps her voice around that phrase Mm -hmm. um, makes it feel refreshed every single time she says it. Now we're going to talk about Lilac. (laughs) We were singing this earlier. I feel like it's kind of the centerpiece of the album. Um, It it almost feels meditative, even though it's this big anthemic song. It, it feels like a mantra, if that makes sense. Well, because it is literally <laughs> <Yeah>. a mantra. <laughs> that it, you either are hearing the words, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm or stuck. I'm kind, I'm kind, I'm kind, or, over and over I don't want to get again. better. I want yeah. us to get better. Yeah. I want us to be kind to, to ourselves, ourselves and, and to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to t- lapse into the yeah. fakey accent yeah. that we do. Uh, yeah, this was a candidate for favorite song, mm-hmm. um, especially that I don't want to get bitter, I want yeah. us to get better. Yeah, that's a really lovely lyric. Yeah, it, it's just very concise and yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the the weaving repetitions in this yeah. song, like I, you know, like I just like I said last time, last mm-hmm. podcast, the repetition doesn't always do it for me, but mm-hmm. here it definitely felt uh, cumulative and yeah. powerful and interwoven yeah. and. Yeah, it's it's definitely I could see centerpiece of the album is a good way to describe it. Yeah, um, it feels like the biggest song on the album if that if that makes sense. It, yeah, it it just feels so expansive. Um, I I wondered when I first heard this who it was directed to, whether it was an introspective kind of meditation directed inward, or if it was advice to listeners. Margolin said, "I was thinking about love and control and the things out of my control, and how fragile and incapable depression can make you feel." It's a song about finding some hope and some future within that. Um, and that, that really contextualized kind of where the song was directed. And, yeah. And made me better understand that mantra that, that is interspersed throughout. Uh, finally, we're going to talk about Circling. I feel like this is the most overtly C song on the album. Over, over what? Overtly C song on the album. C. Ocean. Like oh, the, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, S-E-A-C. Inside, the C sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the instrumentation is so different from the other other tracks. It doesn't feel like as scrappy as a lot mm-hmm. of the instrumentation feels, but I feel like Margolin's voice slowly gets like more unhinged on this song, which is <laughs> really fun to listen to for And me. it's not super hinged to begin with. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that's a, a common motive in mm-hmm. her song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, for me, it was too much of the kind of repetitive circling, gotcha. too much sort of circling down and down. Maybe, maybe I'm reacting to it the same way I reacted to insomnia by yeah. Caroline Polachek. Mm-hmm. Artistically, it was doing what it was saying it was yeah. doing. It's just not something that I wanted to listen to exactly. Yeah. And of the songs you picked for us to discuss, it, it would have been my least favorite. Yeah, I gotcha. think there's another one on there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like the refrain, and you are okay because you are mine, and nothing is wrong all the time. And I go and see, ugh, and I go inside the sea sometimes. She kind of just keeps mm-hmm. saying it and saying it, and it feels like this interior monologue that kind of takes over your brain, like a parasitic monologue. 
Uh, and I could relate to that. <laughs> yeah, as you say that, I realize another, re maybe the reason I'm having a negative reaction is we are currently working on puzzle number five in the <laughs> quarantine area. And it's this very strange, could almost be inspired by this band, yeah. a picture of this innocent question mark child, uh, question mark for the yeah. innocent, yeah. kind of floating in a floaty toy in the ocean for some reason. <laughs> And all you see mostly the water underneath, and all you see is this massive octopus, which yeah. is maybe wanting to hug her, maybe wanting to devour her. Yeah. It's a very creepy thing, and it's just gradations of green. It's green <laughs> water everywhere, and I am going nuts trying to put this puzzle together. So this maybe this circling in the ocean is kind of what I feel like I'm doing with this That's puzzle. Really funny. So maybe the song just caught me at the wrong time in our in our enforced <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. Um, so now kind of going wider picture about the full album, Margolin was talking about the, uh, the technique of singing the same phrase over and over, particularly on Homecoming Song, but I think this quote applies to the whole album. She said, singing that over and over, you feel like you've lit, lit out this demon from inside you, and the idea of exercising something through your vocals and through your vocal performance was really compelling to me, and I think we see that in the way her phrasing shifts as she repeats the phrases. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I get it. Mm -hmm. like, I, I, and I respect it. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I'm a broken record. Yeah. So ironically, I'm repeating myself about this <laughs> thing about repeating. Yeah. So I guess I'll just say it once yeah. more. And it's when it worked in some of these songs, like mm -hmm. I'm thinking about my favorite song. We'll mm -hmm. find it in a second. It yeah. definitely works so well. I feel like the fact that it is so done on this album becomes um, it, difficult overall yeah. for me to really um, relate to it. I'm wondering if there's something else, and I know there's something else. Yeah. And 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 this this band and and um, lyricists they have talent, obviously. So what would be the next iteration? I'm curious yeah. to see. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, I get that. Uh, so what is your favorite song? I'm very curious. Oh, okay. My favorite song we didn't talk about. Uh -huh. I was frankly a little surprised you didn't choose it as our, you know, five or six. Yeah. Uh, it's long. Long. From yeah. the very first time I heard it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're wasting my time. Yeah. I felt like a deconstructed breakup letter because mm. uh, it mm -hmm. just it comes back over and over and over yeah. like you're wasting my time you're wasting my time and then I'm, yeah. and then this and, and by then, the way you're wasting my time you're and I'm wasting glad my time. it's not me yeah and I'm like glad it's not yeah. me and yeah and so that just dug deep deep down into mm -hmm. like 14 year old me totally. and said wow yeah. I don't <laughs> like you anymore yeah, dude. You know, it's, <laughs> um, and so it, it hit some primal lizard brain thing going yeah. on there um and and geez, the rhythms mm -hmm. and the guitar and the, the guitar keyboard. is so like urgent. Like, I heard this. I'm like, Maeve could do this. Maeve could record a cover of this song. <laughs> you know, we got a keyboard. She could loop it in. Like, we don't have the drums, but you know. So I that yeah. that one was uh, I really resonated with me. I sure. really can't pick a, a reason why I didn't pick it. I just kind of went with. I was trying to pick a range of songs to talk about to yeah. to get through like the different gradations of porridge radio. But I think this song rules, and I'm happy you enjoyed it. Definitely. We talked on the Caroline Polchek episode about how often there's a song that gets you into the record, uh -huh. but then ultimately you find another song that you love on the record. And right. while I have found other songs that I love on the record, Sweet is still my favorite. It's just so rad. I don't I don't know what to say about <laughs> it other than that it like it gets at this primal thing in me and like 
her phrasing and her 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 ego on the song is so appealing to me i think mm-hmm. um and it makes me she has a lot of ego on this album <laughs> yeah. we didn't even talk about give take and we don't have to but that's that's a song i listened to again this morning and i was like whoa yeah. she is really really saying what she thinks and what she needs and what she wants yeah and she's she has an attitude yeah. that i feel like definitely a lot women of in music are not are kind of dissuaded yeah. from taking on songs this mm-hmm. kind of punk attitude um that i find so appealing as a listener and i think so often women are are dissuaded from from taking on these personas or from inhabiting these personas um and i'm so glad that she does because it totally pays off it, <laughs> it just feels so powerful and so so sick and yeah i love sweet um my least favorite was something uh that was my least favorite too mm-hmm. yeah really didn't get yeah it on the album compared to everything else so, so i was reading about it and uh-huh. what she said made a lot of sense something is an extension of circling and originally it was supposed to be a backing vocal and cir- circling that's her quote huh. and i was like yeah because it just doesn't feel as much like a full fleshed out song yeah. i guess is a lot of the other tracks on this and record it's not like this album needed another song no like, it could have just not yeah. been there but... it kind of distracts me and it's yeah. it's the only one i skip i think my favorite lyric has got to be the the refrain on lilac we've already talked about it that i don't want to get better um refrain it's it's really concise as you said and kind of meditative and and applicable broadly but still specific i feel like a lyric has to be specific in order to be impactful. Mm-hmm. So finally, we're going to do your final verdict. Mm. Tier one is if Maeve plays this in the car, I will ask her to turn it off. Tier two is if Maeve plays this in the car, I will enjoy it. And tier three is I will seek this out on my own. All right, this is a hard one. Mm-hmm. I mentioned I went into this not exactly knowing where I stand. It is established precedent mm-hmm. on our podcast that I don't really like to listen to music. Yep. <laughs> and so that makes things um, especially difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm torn because you and I went out yesterday in the car and we journeyed out in our, of our Chip quarantine. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to name the... the <laughs> you weren't going to buzz market. The, I wasn't going to buzz market. <laughs> nope. Uh, but now that you have, yes, we went out to get some tasty, tasty <laughs> chipotato. And... I you, I said, oh, let's play it, because I'd already heard the album once mm-hmm. or twice, and, and, and you yeah. excitedly played it. And all of a sudden, I didn't like it in the car. Oh, interesting. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's just because our car radio is really bad. The speakers are bad. bad. Uh, I think they We're are. We're going to have to disagree right. on that. Uh, but somehow, you would think kind of a post-punk album should be driving music. Yeah. So I can't, in good conscience, say I would like it played in the car. That said... Mm-hmm. I think I'm therefore left with I'm gonna seek this out question mark. I've, what? I've downloaded it onto my my phone, what? and I can see myself popping in my AirPods and <gasps> listening to this, skipping some songs. I'm gonna skip some songs, uh-huh. but I, you know, doing the yard work to this could be really cool because it's uh-huh. it's both driving and powerful, but also meditative, yeah. which is kind of good. It's such an odd. It's kind a, of combination of qualities. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> so it is totally weird. It's not in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's so far from Casey Musgraves that <laughs> they're like waving to each other from other sides of the continent. But 
but I think that I am going to play this when I do. I got some yard work to do this weekend, and I think this is going to be popping through my, my headphones. Dope. Yeah. Dude, this is for the first time in Dad Discovers Music History that you've picked this option. Uh, oh, no, no. First album. Nope, Parent. you said oh, you, know, you said Maeve plays this in the car. I'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're right. So I did. All right. Well, there you go. Wow. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? This does not mean I want you to throw me every post-punk <laughs> thrasher album you have, because I know you have many. It will, you know, you can't go to that well too often. But yeah. this is the this is the unicorn, I think, that awesome. somehow hit the sweet spot. So there you go. Maybe there will be some Slater Kinney in our <laughs> distant future. <laughs> oh, Slater Kinney, you and I have a reckoning. You, we do. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of Dad Discovers Music. Thank you to my aunt, Beanie, for coming up with the idea for this podcast. Especially in these very difficult times, please support the artists you love as you are capable. Thank you. Thank you.